We sit as we listen to our readings from Holy Scripture. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, and there with many others they taught and proclaimed the word of the Lord. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit the believers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul decided not to take with them one who had deserted them in Palamphila and had not accompanied them in the work. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and set out, the believers commending him to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 119, and the response is, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the body. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the body. How shall the young cleanse their way? By keeping to your words. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not stray from your commandments. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. And, and good news refreshes the body. I treasure your promise in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Instruct me in your statutes. The light of the, the eyes rejoices the heart, and, and good news refreshes the body. With my lips will I recite all the judgments of your mouth. I have taken greater delight in the way of your decrees than in all manner of riches. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the body. I will meditate on your commandments and give attention to your ways. My delight is in your statutes. I will not forget your words. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the body. Second reading, a reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
May the Lord be in your lips and in your heart as you proclaim the gospel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as you're able to receive the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginnings of the birth pangs. As for yourselves, beware, for they will hand you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. When they bring you to trial and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you at that time, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, as children will rise against parents and have them put to death and you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Pray that I speak and you hear in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do be seated. So today we are privileged to celebrate on a Sunday our own patronal festival, St. Mark the Evangelist, after which this church is named. St. Mark is said to have written the second gospel, the gospel of Mark, although it was the first gospel to be written. He was not one of the 12 disciples. I'm sure if you check, you wouldn't find his name there. But it is said that he was a part of the first Christian community. And so from what he witnessed about the love of Jesus, he wrote the Gospel of Mark. And it's the shortest. But Mark seems to have an urgency about spreading the good news of the Gospel of Christ. He is about service and sacrifice. Indeed, he hopes that we are so passionate about the gospel that we too would take up our cross and follow Jesus wherever he is leading us. And as we think of discipleship in our lives, in our church, in the world in which we live, 
quite a few things have happened while we were away for two Sundays. The Duke of Edinburgh died, and his funeral was simple but profound last Saturday. I don't know about you, but I was weeping for most of it. He didn't have to have a eulogy. Well, of course, he had a eulogy because we were talking about him before the funeral. And he didn't want a sermon. That's all right. I think some people don't agree with that. But his life was one of service, was one of sacrifice. He gave up his career to be the consort to the queen. And he gave invaluable service to this nation. Indeed, the young people who were all part of the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme, lots of them said that Rosemary was one of them. Lots of them have said that without that, they don't know where they would be today. And he was really involved with the young people there. And he was of the opinion that if we gave young people an opportunity, opportunities to be confident, then they could be whatever God calls them to be, knowing that they're confident in Christ, and they could do that. So his was indeed a life of service and sacrifice. Then on Wednesday, we had the verdict in the George Floyd trial. And his family had an urgency as well to get that over. And we pray that George's death would not go in vain. I don't think so. But it will be a catalyst for change. Not only in the US, but around the world, right here, in the relationship between the police and those whom they are called to serve and to protect. And we pray that their service to us would improve and we too would engage with them better so that we could all live in a better place and we too must stand up for justice, against injustice. Thursday, it was Stephen Lawrence's day. Mark says here, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now his parents too had an urgency about getting justice for him. But look how long they waited. And they could see the end now. And it was Stephen's report, well, the report that came out after his murder, that the Church of England was deemed institutionally racist. Some of you may have seen the program on Monday night on the BBC Panorama, BBC One. The question was, is the church racist? So when we talk about the church in this country, we mean our church, the Church of England, the national church. So what they did, they interviewed priests like me, but not me. If you saw the program, you will know I wasn't there who were being racially discriminated against in the church. They are priests. Some of them told stories of racism when they were discerning their vocation to ordain ministry. 
when they were curates, they were a theological college, all walks of life. Some of them are incumbents now, but they still suffer the pain and trauma of racism. The program talked about some of these clergy, as well as lay members like you, who took parts of the church to the tribunal, they won, but then they had a gagging order. It's called non-disclosure agreement. Now, I have had a relatively quiet life where racism in the church or in the world is concerned. But then I'm the type of person who faces head on whatever comes to me. Because I agree with what Paul says here. Beware, you will be handed over to the councils. You'll be beaten in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings because of me. But don't worry beforehand about what you're going to say. Say whatever is given to you at the time, because it's the Holy Spirit who speak, and not you. And then I thought, well, maybe those people who signed the NDAs, they call non-disclosure agreements. I could see how they were petrified. Maybe if I say anything, I won't get another job in the church. My children will be kicked out of the church school. My husband or my wife may lose his job. The visa may not be renewed. And I could see why they would sign it. But there's something I say to the ordinance, the curates, the new incumbents who I mentor, and I journey alongside them. We, as disciples of Christ, must be confident in who is calling us. Today is also Vocation Sunday. It's God who calls us. And so we need to be confident in this call. We own the call, and God has called us. Sometimes the church doesn't confirm the call. Sometimes they do. It doesn't mean God hasn't called us to ordain ministry in the church of God. And so I say to them, you know, there's no point complaining to one another about what's going on in the college. One of you have to put your head above the parapet. It's what Mark is saying. Take up your cross and follow Jesus as a disciple. Your head may be stamped upon. It may be chopped off. It may not be ordained. But people must know what's going on. It's the only way we could deal with this sin of racism in our church. And by the way, the church isn't separate to us. We are the church, okay? And I sincerely hope none of that is going on in these two parishes. If it does, I want to know about it, because that is not what we are about. I remind you often enough, don't I? We're here to love one another. Whether you look like Marina or you look like me, we're here to love one another. That is what we're called to do as disciples of Christ. And Jesus said, yes, it's not easy to follow me. It's not easy. But we know that God, who has called us to this, is standing with us always, always with us. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what Jesus said. And so we must be confident in Christ. And I can imagine people who are discerning their vocation haven't seen that program. Well, why should I join this church? I can only encourage you to come and join the church. Remember, it's God who calls you. Come and be that extraordinary human being that God has called you to be. And there will be those who are working with you. You may have read also that the Archbishop of Canterbury has 
stopped lots of things and he's put some other things in place because we also have a review that took place following George Floyd's murder last year about how we should change the way we behave in the Church of England, mostly in the hierarchy of the church. And some of my colleagues were joking. Well, I, I think they were joking on Thursday. I had a meeting with them. And one of the things that the Archbishop said is that now when we have positions, senior positions in the church, when we have vacancies for them, we must have only interviewing, interview, amongst the interviewees, we must have employable BAME clergy. So they said, Roxanne, they'll be calling you every five minutes. I said, no, I will be an observer to see what's going on. So all of these things were talked about beforehand, but we pray that the church, all of us, and those outside of this united benefits will work together to love one another. If you love yourself, you love God, all we need to do is to treat one another fairly. I was created in the image of God. Each of you were created in the image of God. We were created equally. When God saw us, God saw that we were good. God said that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. And so let us go forth. Let us follow the example of St. Mark, who was a witness to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are called to do that today, where we are here in South Norwood, wherever we go and meet one another. And I say this often too. In here, I sincerely hope you're all the same. You're here to worship God as disciples of Christ. Is when you go out there beyond the church door, you must live as if you are a disciple of Christ. The same fairness you treat one another with in here, you must do the same outside. Okay? So let us be reminded of what he says to us. And whether in this family of God, he says, brother will betray brother to death, father his child, children rise against parents and have them put to death, you will be hated by all because of my name. I pray that a love would overcome all of these prejudices and enmities and whatever we think we have in here. Put them to God. Put them at the foot of the cross and be encouraged to love, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, indeed to live the good news of Jesus Christ and to be the gospel to all those whom we encounter. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.